Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Well, who here has seen Back to the Future? Okay, who here has not and has been living under a rock? Okay, just a few people, a few people. Well, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, it's about a man named Marty and his scientist friend, Doc. And Doc is a bit of a crazy scientist. You know, he's creating weird things and he finally creates this time machine. And he's so excited because this time machine is gonna take take Doc to the future. And he's gonna get to see all about the future. And an accident happens and takes Marty, not Doc, to the past. And Marty finds himself lost and stuck in the past. And that's where you find the famous scene where Marty is talking to Doc's past self and telling him, you have to help me find a way to get back home. And that's when uh, Doc says his famous line, Marty, we have to get you out of the past and back to the future. And everyone said, that'll preach. Have you ever wished to go back to your past, to wish for a simpler life, for the good old days. Maybe it was a time when you didn't have to pay bills, time when you didn't have to fold everyone's laundry in the house, including your own, a time when maybe COVID-19 didn't exist. That would be nice. A time when cancel culture didn't exist. Maybe it's a little deeper. Maybe it's a time when there wasn't turmoil in your family or in your personal life. We can all wish to go back to our past. But how many of us know we can also get stuck in our past? We're not designed to live in our past. And you know, today I believe that God is telling everyone in here, including me, Just like Doc told Marty, it's time to get you out of your past and back to your future. It's time to get you out of your past and back to your future. Our text scripture for today is found in Luke chapter 7, verse 37, and reads, A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. I believe the vehicle that God wants to use today to get us out of the past and back to our future is not a DeLorean, but it's wonder, wonder. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this group of people here today that are in the room and watching online. God, I pray that this message would impress on people's hearts the power of what wonder can do in our lives. 
God, if any of us are stuck living in the past, would you use this message to bring us back to the future, to see what you have for us? Holy Spirit, we thank you for this presence, for your presence in this place. Would you move and have your way today? In Jesus' name, amen. Man, wonder is powerful, right? It has the power to invoke emotion from us. You know, the definition for wonder is a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, something unexpected, something unfamiliar, or something inexplicable. Have you ever experienced wonder in your life? You know, maybe it was when you and your spouse, your future spouse, first locked eyes and the butterflies were going on. And maybe it was when your first child was born and you were just so in awe and in wonder that you created this human being. It could also be little things. Maybe you've experienced wonder at watching your child ride their bike for the first time. You've been outside at night and saw a shooting star. If you're me, maybe it's trying Griselle's flan for the very first time. But one thing always invokes wonder in me. And that thing is a sailboat. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I mean, I do. It's very spiritual for me. I, I, when I see a sailboat, I just think about God. I think about his love for me. There's just something so beautiful about it. And I actually have video footage of me responding to seeing a sailboat. Would you guys like to see it? We'll go ahead and play it right now. Is that a sailboat? You guys see it? No? Some of you? Some of you are like, it's just a boat, honey. But whatever it is for you, when you experience wonder, you can't help but respond, right? You can't help but react because it's wonderful. You know, I would like to present to you today that I believe there has been a battle for your wonder. There has been a battle for your wonder. This last year, year and a half, maybe two years of your life, I can imagine that there's been things that invoke anything but wonder in you, right? Anything but, what is the definition? Surprise mingled with admiration? Mm, No. You know, in fact, I would like to to think that this last year, we've had misplaced wonder. You know, if wonder is uh, surprise mingled with admiration, I'd like to present that maybe misplaced wonder is, is surprise mingled with revulsion. Like, I just cannot believe this is life right now. Is anyone relating in here? Like, I just cannot believe we're actually in a pandemic. I just actually cannot believe I'm so surprised at the state of my family. I'm so surprised and revulsed 
at what's going on in the world. It's not godly wonder, it's misplaced wonder. You know, when we journey through difficulty, tragedy, trauma, pandemic, it's very easy for us all to want to revert to the past. I just wish things could go back to the way they used to be. So common. And you know, Lisa Turkhurst says that grieving is dreaming in reverse. Grieving is dreaming in reverse. She says, instead of hoping for what will one day be, you long for a more innocent time when you have lived more unaware of tragedy. I can relate to that. You know, when we go through hardships, the temptation will always be there for us to wish for simpler times. If only we could go back to a life when COVID-19 didn't exist. If only we could go back to a time when there wasn't cancel culture. If only we could go back to a time when maybe your marriage wasn't falling apart or when a loved one wasn't sick or when you were more financially stable. I'm sure for each one of you, there is something in your life where you just could say, I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back. I'd like to propose to you today that God desires for you to still experience wonder even in your wishing. That he desires for you to experience wonder that is so powerful that it pulls you up out of your past and sets your sights back onto your future. I believe that that's for you. And I believe that he wants to do that in you today. Amen? Amen. So how do we restore our wonder? How do we get that back? Or how do we get that for the first time? You know, I believe the answer is very simple. And it's always going to be the answer. It will always be an encounter with Jesus. I'll say it again. It will always be an encounter with Jesus. And I'm not talking about the type of encounter where, okay, you came to church on a Sunday and you check off the box and you lifted your hands for a little bit and maybe you threw up some prayers in a moment of anxiety. I'm talking about an alabaster jar moment with Jesus. A life-changing moment with Jesus. And I love that this scripture that I read earlier literally lays out exactly what an encounter with Jesus can look like for you and for me. It gives us clear steps. It gives us clear steps to follow so that we can have an encounter with Jesus. And let's read again in verse 38. It talks of this woman. You know, this woman is nameless. Can you imagine being described as nameless? That, in fact, the only description that there is of this woman is that she's sinful. That's it. That she's got a past. That's what they know about her. 
And yet this woman is the example that we have for this wondrous encounter with Jesus. In verse 38, the first thing that we can learn from her encounter with Jesus to give us guidance in our encounter with Jesus is it says that she stood behind him at his feet weeping. Let's stop there. She stood behind him at his feet weeping. You know, like I said, she was a sinful woman. If people knew this about her, she she probably knew this about herself. And yet it says she stood behind him at his feet weeping. This tells me the first thing we have to do when we get into an encounter with Jesus is repent. The first thing that we have to do when we get into the presence of Jesus and we're expecting life change is to repent. And repentance sometimes looks like crying. I'm going to say that again. It's not reserved for just women. It's not reserved for just the weak. Repentance sometimes looks like a grown man on his knees crying. True repentance, you can't help but fall on your knees and weep. We need that kind of repentance in the church today. We need that kind of repentance in our lives today in order to truly encounter Jesus. And then the second thing she does, it's so beautiful, and I believe this helps us, is it says she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. She was crying so much that she wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. That's messy. That's messy. You know what that kind of tells me, though? She was so surrendered. She was surrendered in that moment. It's not enough for us to just come to Jesus and repent of our sins and then be like, peace, I'll see you in six months. Next time I mess up, we're going to have an appointment. No, she stayed in the presence of God and she surrendered. She took the time to cry on Jesus' feet. She took the time to use her hair to wipe her tears. What a beautiful, beautiful picture that we have today of what surrender looks like. Surrendering everything. Surrendering our image. Surrendering what we look like to others. She didn't care about the Pharisees being in the room. It was just her and Jesus. And she was surrendered. Amen? And then the third thing that we can learn, the third step, I love this. It says she kissed his feet. I don't know about y'all, but Jesus' feet were dirty. I know he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but the king of kings has dirty feet, at least on this side of heaven. They were probably smelly. They were probably dirty from traveling. And she kissed his feet. She kissed his feet. She didn't just cry on his feet. She didn't just wipe his feet with her hair. She kissed his feet. And you know what that signifies to me? 
that she was grateful. It was a kiss of gratitude. When was the last time you were in the presence of God with just a grateful heart? When was the last time that you worshiped Jesus to the point that that you adorned him with gratitude? That you thanked Jesus for everything that he's done for you. Where you thanked him for who he is, who he has been, who he will be in your life. When was the last time? Gratitude. And then the fourth thing that she does that is so beautiful, that is so powerful is it says she poured perfume on his feet. She poured perfume on his feet. This signifies to me true worship. True worship. And let me break that down a little bit. You know, first we have to understand what kind of perfume she was putting on Jesus' feet. Wasn't no $15 perfume from Marshalls, you know? We're like, ooh, that's the off-brand of um, whatever Juicy Couture. No, it's not that. This perfume was valuable. You know, theologians say that this perfume cost around 300 denarii, which translated into our currency today, U.S. dollars, is around $54,000. $54,000. And this woman gave it all. She just gave it all. I'd like to present to you today that if worship doesn't cost you, it's not true worship. If worship doesn't cost you, it's not true worship. I don't know what exactly that looks like for you, but it has to cost us something. She gave her whole life's savings to Jesus. She gave him everything because she had a revelation. She was in awe of who Jesus was in her life. When was the last time we came into worship giving Jesus everything? You know, maybe it doesn't look like you coming to the altar and giving $54,000, but what about the treasure of your heart? What about the treasure of your heart? How many times are we guilty of coming into the presence of God and worshiping and saying, God, I'm going to give you this relationship and this issue because I really need my finances in order right now. I'm going to surrender that to you. But my pride, my anxiety, my depression, my illness, I can't give that to you, God. I can't give that to you. The treasures of your heart. What about the treasures of your heart? This woman gave Jesus everything. And you want to know why? Because she looked up and realized she had everything in him. She realized she had everything in Jesus. It actually was, she didn't have to second guess it. She didn't have to give it a second thought. Because she knew in that moment, Jesus is worth it all. Jesus is worth any price I have to pay. He's worth the cost. We need to remember that Jesus is worth the cost. Yes. 
He's worth the cost to worship and give him everything. And you know, from this, now that we know what an encounter with Jesus can look like, I have three types of wonders that this restores in you. When we encounter Jesus in this way, it restores three types of wonders. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The first one is the wonder of forgiveness. The wonder of forgiveness. Do you remember when you were first saved? Do you remember when you first realized that you were forgiven? You know, Jesus, in response um, to this woman's act, there was a Pharisee in the room that was just hardcore judging the situation. He didn't understand why this woman was doing this. He didn't understand why Jesus was letting her. He knew she was a sinful woman. And Jesus responded to his thought with a parable. And he said to this man, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? The Pharisee replied and said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus said, you have judged correctly. You know, when we have sinned greatly, we, we value forgiveness greatly. And, you know, many of you may not know me here today. Pastor Franco and I were talking the other day about how it's going to be 10 years that we've been saved. You know, 10 years for me, I, I've been saved, saved. There was like two-ish years before that. It was a little iffy. You know, I wasn't so sure. I was like, maybe I'm safe, maybe I'm not. Ten years for sure. And, you know, the two years before I really gave my heart to the Lord, I was on a downward spiral. I was 16. It was from 16 to 18 years old. And I was just trying and doing everything and anything I was binge drinking, I was going to parties, I was going to clubs, underage, and there was a point in that season of my life where I just, I hit my limit. I really was on the path to death in that season. I think about how much the Lord spared me from, but it all culminated to one night, me being at a club underage and blacked out and broke I broke my ankle, and, you know, that, that was a turning point for my life where I had to make a decision, and um, it, was, it was kind of made for me because you can't really go back to the club with an air cast. It's not a really cute look, and you don't really get many people's numbers either, but God really did use that season in my life use that season of stillness to speak to me. And the only safe place I felt like going was to church. And I came to church and I encountered Jesus. And I came and encountered his forgiveness. You know, I had sinned greatly, 
but I also had been forgiven greatly. I had a revelation that it didn't matter how far gone I was, how much I had done, how many people I had hurt, that once I had an encounter with Jesus, I was forgiven. I was forgiven. And when you're forgiven greatly, you respond greatly. And I would like to say that the last 10 years of my life have been in response to the forgiveness of Jesus on my life. We all have a choice. When we've been forgiven, how will we respond? Will we squander that? Will we waste it away? Will we just trample upon grace upon grace? Or will we live our lives for Christ? Will we be in wonder of forgiveness? Will we remember we've been forgiven? And hey, this message is for the people who've been in church all their lives too. Because you know what? It says here that the debt of both men was forgiven. The one that owed 50 and the one that owed 500. They were both forgiven. And if you've been forgiven today, you should be in wonder of it. Be in wonder that you don't have to pay the price when you have Jesus in your life. The second type of wonder that you can write down is the wonder of humility. The wonder of humility. In verse 44, it says, Then Jesus turned toward the woman and said to the Pharisee, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. You know, it's customary in this time when you're hosting a guest in your home to do all of these things. Normally, the Pharisee would anoint Jesus' head with oil. Normally, the Pharisee would greet Jesus with a kiss. He would at least have his servant come and wash the feet of Jesus. But he did none of those things. You want to know why? Because he actually didn't see Jesus as God. He saw him as equal. And that is exactly what our pride can do. Is we experience the presence of God in this place and we don't value him for what he is. We don't humble ourselves enough to be able to see Jesus clearly for who he is. The wonder of humility has to be restored in our hearts. It has to be. When was the last time you humbled yourself at the feet of Jesus? When was the last time you cried and released your pride at the feet of Jesus? He's waiting for you today to humble yourself and release that pride so that you can see yourself and see God rightly. The wonder of humility. And thirdly, I I believe this, doesn't expressly say it in the text, but I believe that on this day, this woman's 
wonder of her purpose was restored. The wonder of your purpose. You know, it's said that this woman was a sinful woman. It's likely that her job was as a prostitute. You know, it's likely that that was a lifestyle that she lived. But I can guarantee you that after this encounter with Jesus, she left with a new sense of her purpose. That her purpose, in fact, was not in what she did, but who she was. That her purpose was to be loved by God, to love God, and to love others the way that God loves her. And that is your purpose. You know, so many of us get it mixed up, and we mix up our purpose with what we do. It's really, really easy to do. If you make, especially, you know, if you make good money, and it's really easy, God's providing. My purpose has to be in what I do. But what happens in a year like 2020 and 2021 where everything we know about what we do is stripped out from us? Have you lost your purpose? You lose your job, you lose your purpose? No. Your purpose is in Christ. It is to be loved by God and to love God. That is your purpose. That is your purpose today. And this woman left in the wonder of her purpose. She responded and knew exactly what she was created for in that moment by one encounter with Jesus. That's all it took. One encounter with Jesus. You know, I want to encourage you today to encounter Jesus and to get your wonder back. Encounter Jesus and get your wonder back. The wonder of being forgiven. The wonder of what humility unlocks in your life the wonder of your purpose here on earth. Allow Jesus to work in your life and restore that wonder back to you. Today, let wonder pull you up out of the past where you have been trying to go back to, trying to relive, and let that pull you back to the future God has called you to. Listen, God has not called us to be past-minded people. God has called us to be future-minded people. We can't live in the past today. We can't live in what we wished yesterday could have been. We have to live for the future that is ahead of us. And let me just say prophetically, some of you are living in the future that you prayed for. You're living in the future that you prayed for. And you haven't taken the moment to lift your eyes off of the past and see that this is exactly what you have been asking God for. But you're so confused and worried because it doesn't look exactly the way you planned. 
That's prophetic. I'm just going to say that. Be in wonder that there is a beautiful future ahead of you. A future full of wonder of forgiveness. A future full of wonder of humility. Wonder of your purpose. Your best days are ahead of you. So what does a church full of wonder in 2021 look like? What does a church full of wonder in 2021 look like? You know, wonder does some amazing things. It causes us to dream again. It causes us to hope again. It causes us to create again, to build again, to discover again. But you know, you can't dream and hope and create and build and discover in the past. Marty McFly could not dream and hope and build stuck in the past. It's impossible. There's nothing for you there. You can only do that if you're living in your future. And, you know, I would like to say that life is not going back to normal. It's not going back to the way it was before the pandemic. I believe that we, we've been wishing and hoping and waiting for life to look exactly the way it looked before whatever tragedy, before whatever trauma, before whatever disappointment hit our lives. But what if God is saying today, that he's doing something new. He's doing something new. It's not going to look like how it was in the past. It's not going to look like your glory days. What if there are more glory days? What if there are more glory days for your life that you have yet to live, that you have yet to imagine for your life? You know, I've heard many people say that they're so excited for when we do blink again. I mean, it would be great. You know, they say that when blink comes, then we'll experience revival. When blink comes, that's when God's going to move and that's when big things are going to happen. But I'd like to present to you that revival doesn't start with a date. It doesn't start with an event. Revival starts with your wonder. And today, we have to stop waiting for an event. We have to stop waiting for a day on a calendar. You don't have to wait for anything else except for the God-given encounter that is right in front of you to experience wonder. The key to revival in your life today is wonder. To be in wonder of God of Jesus. He's so good. He's so able. So today I'd like to invite you to search for wonder again, to restore wonder back into your life through a supernatural encounter with Jesus. He wants that for you. And I, in fact, I believe he wants that for you now in this moment. 
And I'd love it if everyone just closed their eyes in this moment as the band plays behind us and just want to make room today for you to have an encounter with Jesus. Maybe for the first time in a long time, for the first time ever. He's here. He's waiting. The Bible says, knock, and the door will be opened. Seek, and you will find. He's not hiding today. He's available to you. He's just looking for a heart that is hungry. He's just looking for a heart that is willing to say, here I am, Lord. To respond to Jesus the way that this sinful woman responded. If you would like wonder to be restored in your life again, you just raise your hand so I can pray for you. I believe that the Lord is going to honor that. He wants to grant you the desire of your heart to know him more. I believe he's going to respond to you. If that's you, would you just maybe put your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift? Holy Spirit, I just thank you for being in this room today. And I ask that you would restore back to us the wonder of who Jesus is in our lives. We want to know you more, God. And we want to remember what you've shown us, that we are forgiven, that humility is everything, and that you've purposed us for something great. I thank you, God, that right now, all over the room, you're restoring wonder. God, I pray that people would have fresh vision of who you are. I pray that you would speak to them about their purpose. I pray that you would reveal to them just how much you love them. I thank you for that, God. Lord, let us take this moment and not let it go when we leave the room today, but let us remember it in our alone time with you, God. Let us remember this, God, that you are everything to us. And I'd like to pray for a second group of people with every eye still closed and head bowed. Maybe you have never experienced this wonder. Maybe you've never truly accepted Jesus into your life but you would like to today. Maybe your heart is pounding in your chest because you know that you need that forgiveness. You know that you need a savior. I'd like to give you that opportunity right now. If that is you, would you just shoot your hand in the air? No one's looking around, but God sees you. I'd like to pray for you as well. I'd actually like you to repeat this prayer after me. Everyone in the room, would you say this with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. Thank you for forgiving me and making me whole. I will follow you 
all the days of my life. In your name, amen. Church, thank you so much for the privilege of sharing this message today. Love you so, so much. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.